Hi, I'm Helen Joy Butler, and this is Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality, a weekly podcast series where we talk about sanctuary, spirituality, and everything in between. As a sanctuary creator and elemental space clearer, I help people create sanctuary in their homes and lives in practical, emotional, and spiritual ways. In this podcast, we will be talking about sanctuary, spirituality, alignment, intention, and much more, all in the hope of supporting you on your own sanctuary and spiritual journey. I invite you to take time to pause, to settle in with today's episode, and if it feels right, to spend time journaling your thoughts and learnings afterwards. Because it's when you embody these learnings that you will achieve greater alignment in all aspects of your life. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome, dear listener, to this episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. It's an absolute honor to bring this sanctuary chat to you today with the gorgeous Sherry Trantini. Sherry and I have known each other for many years. She used to live in Brisbane, where I live, but being a Canadian, she now lives back in Canada. And so we definitely have very much a long distance relationship going on. Sherry is a life and grief coach. She loves helping women let go of the hard stuff in their lives to make room to create their good stuff. Sherry is not a stranger to the hard stuff herself. She was a widow at 40 and a mum of two girls who were then 8 and 10 who had lost their dad. Then her own father died only a few short months after that. So as you can definitely hear, 2009 was an exceptional year for Sherry, one that allows her, I believe, to step into this role as a life and grief coach beautifully. Sherry has a healthy respect for the resistance to letting things go while knowing the liberation that comes from doing just that. She's all about helping you navigate through and towards your future. Additionally, Sherry is a gratitude junkie, a decluttering advocate, and loves to do burpees as exercise. We know that if she loves doing burpees as exercise, we've got a very interesting lady to meet. So let's go and see what she has to share with us today. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality podcast. It's absolutely amazing to have you here. Well, I am so excited to chat with you and to be with you and to who knows where our conversation is going to go. So I'm very excited. Oh, look, and we have to kind of preface this with Sherry and I have known each other for a number of years. Um, And so you're right, this conversation could end up anywhere. But let's firstly start with where are you? And, you know, tell us a little bit about you or tell the listener a little bit about you. Well, I'm in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, so a few kilometers away from Brisbane, but uh, <laughs> but uh, here in trying to enjoy what we're, you know, our time in 
2020 rather, and take in some of our summer weather, if that would ever come as well. So just going with the flow like everybody else in the world is. And I focus on, on helping people uh, let go of, of things that they might be holding on to that could be holding them back. And I work a lot with grief and all that comes with grief and happy to be of service to, to help people navigate through all that hard stuff so that they can get onto the good stuff. Mm, well, we love that, the good stuff. I mean, yes. the navigating cannot be the easiest journey, the easiest path um, on the planet. Have you seen, whether it's in your own life or with people close to you, with your clients, with your community, um, you know, how has COVID, how has this kind of lockdown situation looked and felt like for you guys? You know, I have to say that there's a real smattering of, of perspectives and effects and, you know, from one degree to the other. And so it's, it's been interesting to be an observer in that, how people within my household, my, my girls and my partner um, have coped and um, adjusted accordingly and how people outside when that you read about on social media and what and wherever or connecting with how it was became more important to connect and um, reach out to sort of feel some semblance of normalcy so it's it's there's been a real varying degrees of how people have have uh, come through this or are go continuing to go through it rather yeah exactly because as we're seeing here in australia like right now um, melbourne was locked down literally only i don't know last night or today or something and so you know we're having that you know whether we want to call it a second wave whatever we want to call it but we're now having to you know revisit something or parts of our society, our community, our world are having to revisit something that they thought perhaps they've already traversed through, perhaps they've already moved through. And I know that in my work, like right at the start of COVID, there was this real sense, this real need to create community. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I showed up and, and helped that as, you know, part of the work that I do in the world. Mm -hmm. But, you know, people perhaps were feeling like they'd lost that sense of community. Um, yeah. because of decisions governments made and we had to go back into our house. Yeah. So the question is, how did you cope in your home? And the reason I say that is I'm talking about sanctuary from like, you know, a home, a body, a life perspective, because when we're in a free society and now we're in our home yeah. um, and we are with people that we choose to be with, but we haven't often spent a lot of time with them, you know, there was a lot of dynamic shift, a lot of dynamics change in people's relationships with themselves, with yes. other people that they're close with. So yes. any words of wisdom, you know, on your journey in regards to that? Because, you know, in regards to your life coaching and your grief coaching, I'm certain that there was some learnings, some challenges for you. Well, I had somebody reach out and asked how I was showing up for other people. And initially, my... I, I needed to just be present where I was. It wasn't about, it wasn't about me going outside of my home, but it was more about being the, the core person that helped the other three um, feel safe and that this was sanctuary because it was very confronting. Suddenly going to uh, pick up 
a few odds and ends at the grocery store, uh, that whole energy changed, right? We were, we were very confronted by that. Also too, um, I found that I, what I learned initially is my desire to sort of coach my kids. You should be doing this. You should be doing that. You should watch this on, you know, or you should read this book or do that. And I quickly recognize that thankfully, because that could have created a quite a tumultuous environment if I kept shooting on everybody as we went along and found myself just being present, holding space for everybody to find their way and to find their comfort and to not try to anticipate or direct, give direction, just simply have conversations, be available and take care of me. And by doing so, that helps to take care of the household. Yeah, and that's a really important aspect of you know this conversation broadly, but also sanctuary specifically. It's like if I don't look after me, I can't. And, you know, I'm actually starting to feel like this tightness in my chest, which is kind of saying, you know, like literally if I don't look after me, yeah, you know, what impact is it going to have on me? This might actually be a really great time to share our card for the um, conversation, Sherry, because <laughs> this is really supporting what we're already talking about. Yes. And the card is Ganesha. So for those listening on the podcast um, you know, and can't see the image because of they're not watching the video, Ganesha is an elephant-headed Hindu god of beginnings. Mm-hmm. Interesting is that. And underneath the word Ganesha, it says, clearing away obstacles, protection and guidance. And when you were sharing what you were sharing, Sherry, that's what I was hearing. You know, you were showing up for your family in a protective way but guiding without and kind of helping clear some of those obstacles without, you know, trying to control the situation too tightly. Right. And that's, and that can be a, a reflex, right? When we can't control what's happening out there, right? We can't control who is shopping at the grocery store at the same time. So we don't know where they've been. We don't know what, you know, all of the potential uh, dangers because we knew so little and but yet we're inundated with information so when we bring that home um we can only control how we show up right we can't control the 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 other person at the grocery store or wherever uh, but we can control how how we show up and that was a very very important uh takeaway and i think changed my i think that this time at home for me um in this experience has been very positive mm-hmm. which might not be sort of the common collective consciousness right but i i don't think that this was necessarily a detriment to the the maintaining the foundation or or coming into yourself or helping others um whether it's in your home or outside but i i feel that this was a great way for everybody to sort of get grounded mm-hmm. no look, i agree with you and i i can't there's a little bit of humour for me around the fact that it took a pandemic for the concept of sanctuary to really land with a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, hello, that was really funny, but but not. Like, did we really yeah. need a pandemic for that to happen? But I agree. And I kind of came up with these two um, two ways to help me move through. And you know, we're, let's face it, we're still moving through it, right? Right. But... I came up with a 
a COVID intention and a COVID resolution. Nice. Two different concepts, right? So COVID intention being, I want future Helen to look back on current Helen, how she traversed this period in our, you know, evolution and be proud of how she showed up. So that supports what you're saying, which is how can I shop in my household? And I think that really helped um, because I've been doing this sanctuary work for so long and it's not just creating a you know, display home and making everything look pretty. Right. Now, there's a lot of inner work involved there. Doing all that work led to this place of being able to hold space. And I know that's what you were doing for your family, but also that's what you do for your clients and your community. Yeah. But then my COVID resolution was more... Uh, something silly if you like because we all know we can break resolutions if we're not happy with them and my COVID resolution was to claim my silver sparkles in my hair love it fully claim so sorry and they're fabulous oh thank you (laughs) but can you see the difference or feel the difference between Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, you know, if I show up today, you know, and claim my silver sparkles, that's a little bit of fun or I can just change that tomorrow. That's irrelevant. But it was this behaviour. It's how do I want to show up? How do I want to be in my space? And how can my space support me energetically to do that? Um, Because I don't want to be that person fighting over the toilet paper. I don't want to be that person you know, having arguments with my family every other day of the week because we're in our home solidly. Um, So I want to come back to your home, like your physical space in your home, because I know you've got a lot of gifts and a lot of talents hiding in there in you. So were there things, you know, and let's just set COVID aside. We can continue that as well, of course, through this conversation. But are there things that you do in your home energetically to support you to show up because I'm guessing being a life and grief coach, you would be hearing and supporting your clients through some really challenging experiences. Yes. So how do you, Sherry, care for you, your space, your family, your home, you know, both, you know, on a practical level, if you like, or on an energetic level? Well, the first thing I started to do was to throw stuff out. <laughs> that is my happy place because I, it, I didn't have to feel bad for focusing on my efforts to lighten um, the energy in my home, whether that was physical things um, or on my computer. I deleted about 20,000 photographs. And that felt so good because I was able to have the time and I didn't feel like I should be doing something else because everybody was sort of taking care of their own. I could feel so good about taking on tasks that were on the list, but not necessarily a priority. And by doing so, or while doing so, I had set up an altar. Um, I constantly have essential oils infused in the space to sort of lighten the energy as well or you know just to get a nice little uplift and I spent a lot of time allowing myself the pleasure 
of going through some things and then deciding about whether or not I should let them go, if that can be passed on to somebody or what, what I was getting from whatever that was. And I really was so content to do that. And then I could be so refreshed when I went back to hang out with my family or to have a meal or make a meal because I felt like I had really been productive. Mm. And do you, because this is um, something that people ask me a lot, do you follow someone else's recipe or do you follow your own intuition or how do you make decisions around releasing that stuff? Oh, it's just inherent. It is. It has been my go-to for so long. And part of that too is because I can't control what's happening outside of me, but I can, I can choose where my energy is invested in my stuff. And I can choose whether or not something still brings me joy or if it had, or if the time has passed. So that, that's always a way for me to recharge. When, when you talk about sanctuary in the whole sense, that for me is what brings me back to my midline. If I'm a little bit squirrely over here, or, you know, feeling sort of out there, it's not that I come and look, seek things out to throw out or to declutter, but it gives me a sense of, um, it's like, med- it's like active meditation mm. where I can completely focus in on what I'm on the task at hand, sifting through some things, sorting through some things, organizing things, or, you know, releasing things. And then all that other stuff that's maybe going on in my head that maybe has me sort of ping-ponging everywhere, I just sort of come back to the, the center. And then when I'm feeling strong and connected, then that, of course, is a huge influence on how everybody else feels in the house too. Yeah, definitely. And what I really liked then was your, your shift of language because we've spoken a lot on this podcast about mindset and, you know, shifting mindset and those kind of things. And what, you're, what you said then was, you know, I can't control things outside of me, but I can choose where I, you know, am essentially putting my energy. Whereas you could have said, I can control me, but oh. that has a very different, and that makes me go, oh, yeah. very different kind of energy. It's like I'm making a choice. To actively put my own needs, my own joy, my own, you know, how I want to show up and be aligned in my life. I'm actively making a choice to do that, regardless of whether I'm in lockdown or regardless of whether, you know, we're looking at more of a, you know, an arc of your life. And and it has been one of my go-tos for, I'm going to say, decades and I'll even throw an S on the end of it. Mm. Right. It, there's just something um, it's <laughs> when you can do something physical, um, you know, touch the things, have a tactile experience or, you know, flip through a photo album or, you know, page through a magazine. When you're trying to sort something out up here, it sort of brings you back, gives you a different focus or and has your attention on whatever it is that you're holding in your hand or or cleaning or doing something and then all of the stuff that's sort of spinning around in your head that you can't make sense of and you're you're not getting any clarity it's only going to get muddier than this the physical act of of whether it's decluttering or cleaning or organizer those types of things sort of then all that extraneous stuff falls away. And then all of a sudden you're like, aha, I know 
yeah, I, I get it. Or I know what, what the next step is, or I know what I need to say or do or things like that. And yeah. it's just, it's, I just follow my intu- intuition that, Oh, time to, I, or I get a call <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or a tap on the shoulder or something. I, I hear it. And, you know, and, and actually when I said that in my little Harry Potter cupboard, I'm wondering if there's something in there that needs my attention. <laughs> I did. I just had that sort of blip that, Oh, something I, I need to, I need to do that. And I just, and if I'm grateful that I am, I'm, I have the space and time to be able to do the, that very thing. Cause it helps me in all ways helps me helps my space helps my home overall and helps everybody who lives here or comes here or mm. what have you. So when you say you hear, are we talking clear audience here? I don't know. I liked what you said in your one blog that you're Claire, whatever. Claire everything. <laughs> Claire all of it. Claire all of it. Um, I don't know that I would name it as that, but it's, it's like I hear something that there's, you know, like it's like a voice that I need to go seek out where, where it is. And um, whether it's a box that needs my attention or. Yeah. Or the Harry. Um, or as I shared with you I had a a very insistent tap and call to sit down and learn and be a beginner at something and that was uh, in in investing my time and energy in uh, tarot cards and I had no idea where that came from like it was out of the blue but it was you know Sherry (laughs) Sherry 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 and I'm okay, let's do it. Let's see what happens. And so that's been wonderful. So when uh, you talk a lot about intuition and, and feeling that, and I'm a feeler, right. And, um, all of a sudden I'll just, you know, feel it very viscerally about, okay, that feels good. Let's do that. Or that doesn't feel good. So, mm. you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't have a formula. I just go with, whatever's going on and see I think that's really beautiful and I I'm very much the same um but I think it takes I think it takes a little bit of journeying to get to that point so what does that mean for me that means you know you might have to go to the workshop or read the book or follow the podcast or you know connect with someone's training or whatever the thing is and then eventually over time all of that I want to say morphs into something and that Mm -hmm. something supports, it's really like it infuses itself into your body, into your heart, into your soul. And really what it is, it's a connection with your soul and your higher self. But all of those trainings, all of those learnings, all of those experiences have got you to that point where you then, you're not necessarily grabbing onto one teaching or one person's message. It's like you've taken all of those so that you can get to that point where you then go, oh, I hear you telling me to pull out those tarot cards. Let's go do that. Or I hear you telling me to do my Harry Potter cupboard or whatever yeah. the thing is. Um, but it takes, what does it take? It takes guts. Courage, yeah. Courage to yeah. do that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, when I look back at my extensive 
uh, self education route. <laughs> um, I get that totally. <laughs> my my uh, um, plethora uh, and buffet, if you will, of things that I've 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 sampled and, and enjoyed. You're right. It's it's all one thing. You know, I can I can sit down and do Reiki and but I know that it's not just you know the where the energy comes from is from Reiki specific but also everything else and when I worked with the body um I don't know where the stuff came from right I may not have but at some there and you might agree with this too that sometimes you can't sort of translate. It's like learning a new language, right? When I lived in Germany, I could understand uh, what they were saying, but I couldn't respond in kind. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yes. So it's, it's taking that risk each time that you get this sort of twinge or knock or nudge um, and just go on with it and see what happens. Mm. Well, as long as it's not going to hurt you or anybody else, I can't see any harm in it, right? Right, right. You've got to try. And then, I mean, when I was doing my organising training, they said, you know, if you create, let's say we organise and declutter an office and you've now got new systems, you know, in the filing cabinet or in the cupboard or whatever, sit with it for a decent period of time. Mm-hmm. Give it a red, I used to call it a red hot go. Give it a red hot go at seeing if this system will fit you because it takes time for us to have that behaviour change or for the system to, you know, become our yeah. own. Yeah. So I think I say that because, you know, we could easily dive into this spiritual thing or that spiritual thing, you know, and 100 of them at one time or, yeah. you know, go well, after two weeks that didn't work. It's like you really need to, you know, sometimes you know this is wrong, sometimes you know yeah. this is right, but if you're in that grey area, then just sit with things for a while. And then if they work, hooray. If not, move on. I, I have to say that I have difficulty with, um, with the discomfort of knowing that something doesn't feel right. Um, I'm no, I, know, I know that I would benefit from pausing and just allowing the discomfort. Um, and I'm not, I have to say I'm not very good at that. I would rather, no. Nope, let's come at this a different way, whether it's in conversation, like some, you know, when something is just not landing and it just doesn't feel, you don't hear the click or feel the, the, the click. And I agree with that entirely. And there's, I think there's something to be learned about ourselves where it, giving that opportunity to have the red hot go that, you know, the, my, my desk just isn't in the right place, but I'm just going to leave it here and let's just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so in some ways I can be super flexible, but in others, no, Oh, I have no, I have to no. <laughs> then I'll just be, you know, misaligned and it'll just drive me, drive me mad. Yeah. And that's okay. That's, that's yeah. fine. Yes. Totally fine. so let's talk about sanctuary so when you hear that word what does it actually look sound feel like to you like what does what's sherry's sanctuary message i suppose no i i've been thinking about this and and it's been rolling around in my mind for the last couple weeks and especially because people are are having 
challenge is now sort of accepting the the new world order and their new world um, and how, what that looks and feels like that I know that for me, not having had a fair amount of, of hard life experiences and having to, as you use your word, to traverse through them to get to the other side. I love that. <laughs> um, that my home and sanctuary to me wouldn't be what it is unless I had the, those experiences. I'm, I'm grateful for it all. And, and, and I have evolved to who I am in this moment, this version of me, because of all the fantastic things and all the comforts that I've created in my home and, or having you do a space clearing and, and, or doing my own space clearing or feng shuiing or Reiki or decluttering and all those things. But I do know that have not having had difficulties through my life, I wouldn't appreciate and I wouldn't have the gratitude that I have for all of the things, all of it, you know, um, I, and I do. Mm. Which is amazing, Sherry, um, because you know, in your bio, we shared, you know, some of those challenges that you've been mm -hmm. through and every single person has been through challenges. And it's very easy, isn't it, to look back and go, not woe is me, but, you know, well, that thing, because of that thing, I'm now in this space instead yes. of, and you do admit that you're a gratitude junkie. So clearly you've been doing a lot of work, um, you know, around gratitude yeah. uh, to help you move through some of, you know, some of those things. Uh, one of my favorite uh, sayings or, or thoughts that I can implant at any time is what's here for me to learn about myself and others. That's not readily apparent. And hold on, I, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Can you say that again? Yes. That really powerful. Go. It's great. What's here for me to learn about myself and others that is not readily apparent. Oh, I think we're going to have to write that down and make that, I might make that a little image to put on the blog post or something. That's gold, Sherry. Uh, I got that from a workshop <laughs> 25 years ago. <laughs> But I always come back to that, especially when I am trying to control things that I cannot, I, I can't possibly do that. So that gives me a reminder. It's a, it's a good reminder and a good way to sort of interrupt the flow of, of thoughts to say, okay, I can't fix this right now. So what do I need? What do I need to learn? What do I, how, how do I need to, what do I need to learn in order to help? Or what do I need to learn about somebody else's experience and so on and so forth. And when it's not readily apparent, then that's sort of your, your subconscious mind goes, Oh, we need to look for what's not apparent, you know, like start, yeah, they're saying this, but you're, you know, this is happening. And so what do I, what am I not seeing or or hearing or feeling or what do I need to say and so on and so forth. Mm, and the, the exponential growth that would come about for you because of that mm. would be phenomenal. So besides the fact that you might be able to help in that particular situation in a way that you may not have done in the past, yeah. the, the, I want to say the intellectual growth, but it's not really, it's more the emotional and the spiritual growth that comes from yeah. that thinking is amazing yeah, yeah. Uh, it is it has been 
like you said, gold for me for, for decades, because sometimes I can be quick to anger (laughs) as spiritual and as all of the, all of the energy work and all of the work that I've done. I love anger because there's a clarifying, there's a purifying when that comes up for me. So I know that there's something good on the other side. And I, I do try to, to keep it contained. <laughs> you know, I had this image of fire. Yes. Oh, and interestingly, you know, with our card, Ganesha, clearing away obstacles, it's like that anger just releases it. Yeah. yeah. So at times when I want to burn stuff down... <laughs> Um, in order to fix or to feel better, I, that is something that I come back to. Okay. I'm going a little bit off the rails here. What, what do I need to know? And maybe, maybe it's just, maybe that saying that to myself is all I need to do to take Mm -hmm. me out of that loop, to, to stop the train from going off the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. This is a really nice segue into your spiritual practices because we all have spiritual practices. And I think it's really part of this podcast to help share what other people, you know, do in their own lives, whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, once a year, whatever that looks like. So, I mean, I know you've mentioned feng shui, you've mentioned Reiki, you've mentioned energy work. Do you use any of those particularly or are there other spiritual practices that you personally do to help kind of keep you on that? I want to say straight and narrow, but that's not the right term. Keep you together. (laughs) Um, I always come back to the body. I, and for me, uh, it's, it's, I just uh, finished a book Um, and they use the term self-remembering and I really uh, I really like that because sometimes we forget right and and we we started this by talking about self-care so from a spiritual practice for me it's taking care of my physical body and I'm a athletic person I love moving I I mentioned that you know (laughs) I love the audience (laughs) I thought that was fun to share it was fun, but how many people actually like burpees? Not many that I found, but <laughs> a bit of an anomaly. But aside from that, I know that I'm a better person and I have much more clarity and I have much more energy to give and be open to receive when I have taken care of my body first. And that's usually my, my priority. Um, I do meditate, um, not as... Mm, not as ritually as maybe I could or, and I not, I don't want to should mm. on me, but uh, I do spend time in reflection and contemplation and with clearing my mind. That's very, very important. Breath work, all, all about breath work. And mm. that is a, that is a huge component in my household actually. And which I, so love that I can just remind my girls to go to the breath right in those times. So I think, I think part of the, my spiritual practice too is um, showing up as myself. Right. And sometimes, and I, and I know I would say in the, probably in the last year I've had um, difficulty doing that 
but that self-remembering, that, that is a, a big thing. What does it feel like to be me? What do I need to do in order to be me? And I don't mean do as in, you know, being demonstrative or uh, on, on some type of stage or something, but the things that I do that makes me feel like me, which in turn, everybody, it's a win-win. Right. Mm -hmm. Taking care of taking care of that and listening to my own voice about what it is that I need to do. And also being okay with those cycles. Oh gosh, yeah. Because we can all um and we all do go through whether it's you know, even within our waking day or whether it's, you know, over the year, we go through phases of, you know, I can show up now that in a way that is my truth. Um, whereas in other moments we just can't and we need to be really okay and really gentle with ourselves in those moments because everyone goes through them and it's our truth in that moment like I'm really not a big fan when someone says to me well you shouldn't be feeling like that like well actually I can feel like that because this is my truth in this moment it's really important that I honor that yeah the one, the big thing, the big takeaway for, from the work that I do with grief is, is to teach people um, that I don't know how you are feeling. And we are so quick to, to want to show up in that way or to tell somebody that it's not okay for them to feel what they're feeling. And that is, that is dismissive. And that's not allowing the whomever that is to feel what they're feeling because that's real for them. So that is something that I am very mindful about how I use my language um, and also very mindful in encouraging people to maybe eliminate some of that stuff from their language. Just sort of give an, an example. Yeah, yeah, no, that's beautiful. And the thing that landed there for me, Sherry, was around this concept of grief there's got to be and this is me asking a question this is not me knowing there's got to be scales right like for example i might have you know a really big life event happen that causes such deep grief that anyone looking externally could go yes i get the depth of that when there's probably i'm getting all goosebumpy saying this is um other areas that we might think in our own mind, well, that's that's not important enough for me to grieve over. But yeah. I'm, it's a question. I'm not really sure how I'm framing this question to you, but I'm hoping it's making sense in that I, as an individual on my own sanctuary and spiritual journey, need to honour my grief at all different stages and work, what, work through it, do some healing work like what can you guide us a little bit around that well i think it's interesting grief even the word causes a lot of discomfort right because then that if you acknowledge or you share it with somebody that you're grieving um or even sort of put that energy out there that you have have that sort of going on for you people right away want to fix right? Or they want to compare that, oh, that happened to me and I did this, this, and this, and this, and poof, I'm all good. So, you know, you do that and then you'll be all good. And then I won't have to feel uncomfortable because you are feeling the way you're feeling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, it's all about your relation to, relationship to whatever it is that you've had the experience from. So it's your relationship to your 
I don't know, to a, a literal person or your relationship to, um, I don't know, your, your, your pet. It could be a relationship to your career. It could be a relationship to money. It's your relationship with anything. So everybody has a sense as to what that relationship could feel like. And they could have a sense as to what it would feel like when it ended or why you were feeling bad, but they still don't know because they don't know the, the intricacy and intimacy of your particular relationship with that particular person, place, thing, event. And so when we, our intention is good. I think, you know, it's a social consciousness that we, we, have seen our parents do it and their parents, you know, it's sort of passed down that that is what we do rather than, I think Brene Brown um, explains empathy the best way by, you know, somebody's down in a hole and you climb down there and you, you just, you're there. You just are allowing that and, and sort of showing up uh, without the intention to fix, heal, or get you out of that unless that is what you're asking for help to do. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's really interesting that analogy that you shared there with Brené because it's like your instinct might be to go down and give him a leg up out of the hole. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas what you're doing, yeah, out, you know, come on, let's get going. Um, but it's nearly like being there holding space mm -hmm. and then helping supporting whatever way that looks like yeah. to then you know move the person to where they want to be as yeah. opposed to that making me feel comfortable because now I'm uncomfortable in this situation yeah it, it's very complex yeah absolutely it is and it's you know the the word unique is used a lot in the language with the grief work and because uh, as I said um, well, you have a husband and I had a husband, but that doesn't mean, so in the sort of general scope of things, you and I have a lot of commonalities and a lot of similarities and my husband has died. And if your husband died, you could turn to me because I've had that experience, but that doesn't at all mean that I know how you are feeling about what has just happened. I ha I can have a really good sense, but I'm not going to tell you how you feel. I'm not going to tell you how to fix it, but I'm going to, I'm going to show up and be there and we'll go with that flow. Does yeah. That yeah, it does. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of having a thought back to growing up as a twin because, uh, you know, when you're a twin, people, it, oh, I don't know if they expect you to have had the same experience, but obviously my sister and I were, in a lot of the same places at yeah. the same time doing similar kind of things yeah. yet the impact of you know the family dynamic or the impact of the situation or the illness or the injury or whatever was different on us even though we were both you know present to that yeah. so it's honoring that as well isn't it that my experience mm -hmm. is different as yeah. well yeah well i feel like we could talk forever sherry so you're going to say something go <laughs> Oh, no. And, uh, and just, you know, as you said about the twins, that's the same goes even with your children, right? Maybe your son is going through something that you experienced when you were a kid and we can share that information or share what your experience was, but we really can't transpose, you know, it's, they're, they're, they're separate. 
they're, they're separate. Despite that he is your son and the, and the story sounds the same. Yeah. Respect that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So much to learn in this lifetime. <laughs> right. So much to learn. So if you were to leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey, what would it be? I think allow space in your sanctuary for the discomfort, for the turmoil, for those life experiences that didn't go quite the way you wanted them. Because that too is a part of, of you and a part of the energy in the house. You don't have to make a shrine to this event um, or, or have a, a place just for it, but just know that all of it, not just the good stuff, but the hard stuff is what helps you create your sanctuary within yourself and in your out spaces as well. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So how can people find you? Ah, they can uh, connect with me on my website. It's sherrytrentini.com. And, or I have to say, I've, I've taken a bit of a, a passive approach to social, social media in the last few months. And I'm having, with the with, uh, way the world is now, I've sort of maintained that. So not terribly social savvy lately but uh yeah take a look at my blog there's an opportunity we can have a, a chat just to see what's going on or you know connect with me that way for sure yeah definitely and i can highly recommend sherry's work so you know please do head on over to a website i'll put a link to that sherry as well in the show notes so people can just click straight on through um to you thank you so much for being here it's been an absolute delight having a conversation oh, today. So happy to 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 see your beautiful face and to hear your voice and to have this time to you with you. Thank you so much for for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm grateful. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with me today, talking about sanctuary and spirituality. I hope that the learnings you received in this episode are helpful for you on your own journey. But as always, I'm here to support you. So if you would like, please do reach out and share your thoughts with me. And also, please feel free to like, share, comment or review this episode. If you'd like to connect with me more, please go to my website, helenjoybutler.com. And I invite you also to join the Sanctuary Inner Circle. That's our beautiful group who talk about sanctuary spirituality and everything in between. But until next time, take care and much love.